Welcome to the Behind the Bits podcast. Your host, Scott Curtis, wants to learn everything he can about stand-up comedy and take you along for the ride. Scott and his guests talk serious about comedy in every episode. Behind the Bits will uncover knowledge from different perspectives on subjects such as writing and performing stand-up comedy, as well as booking shows and the comedy life. If you're thinking about becoming a stand-up comic, already in the comic game, or a comedy nerd, Behind the Bits is the show for you. Now, let's get Behind the Bits. Hey, Liquid Death Mountain Water Demon, you up? You fall, who this? You know, it's me, Scott. Ha ha ha, gotcha. No, you actually didn't. Anyway, did you know you can get Liquid Death Mountain Water at 7-Eleven, Whole Foods, and here in the South, I get mine at Publix. You can go to liquiddeath.com and click the Where to Buy button to find a store near you to get mass quantities of Liquid Death at retailers all over the country. Yeah, well, I don't like to go out. I just had a bad Botox experience. Well, my demon buddy, you are in luck because you can order Liquid Death Mountain Water right from their website and get free shipping on two cases as well as their super cool merch. As a matter of fact, while you're there, enter the promo code Scott Curtis. That's all one word, Scott Curtis, and you'll get two awesome koozies with your order. I like koozies. Is Liquid Death Mountain Water still donating 10% of the profits to cleaning up plastic waste? Yep, they're still saving the turtles. I fucking love turtles. I know you do. Get yourself some Liquid Death Mountain Water and drink it right out of the can because plastic is worse than my relationship with this demon. Hey, I thought therapy was helping. It is. Check out liquiddeath.com and don't forget to use the promo code Scott Curtis to get yourself two free evil koozies. My guest is a, he's a Michigan comedian and uh, he labels himself both as a clean comedian and a horrible person. So I want to talk a little bit about that branding. And uh, he's also a little closer to my age than some of the people I talk to, still younger and has a lot better hair. But uh, he's been performing uh, around Michigan, Indiana, and uh, if you go to his website, you will see reviews from everywhere from uh, businesses to churches and uh, everywhere in between about uh, his professionalism and how good of a comedian he is. Somebody I've been wanting to talk to for, for a while. And he's been on the talk show at least once, I think maybe twice, but uh, he's been on the talk show as well. It's uh, Brian Atkinson. Hey, 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 you over here. I tell you what, your voice, every time I hear your voice, I just feel a little bit better about life and a little bit jealous that I don't have it. (laughs) My gosh, you're right. (laughs) So back when I... Back when I did the uh, the Oscar episode, I told him that when I was on hiatus that uh, I listened back to a few of my shows, and that's hard for me to do because I don't like my voice. Oh. But uh, I listened back, and I I am just super serious on these things, and just not a lot of fun. So I'm I'm trying to loosen up a little bit more yeah. and still uh, get the message across. So if if I go over the line, let me oh. know. If I'm too dry, let me know. Okay, all right, I'll I'll, I'll watch out for those. Those, those two sides of that uh, yeah. keep you uh, sliding down the razor blade of life. Got it. <laughs> but right. I'm uh, I, I've I've admired your uh, 
your your comedy prowess for a while, and I've always kept up with you since we became friends on Facebook, and just really like your style and uh, the the fact that you can make people laugh without doing the blue stuff. And, oh, and so you're that. the one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I was wondering who liked my stuff. Nice. Yeah, it's it's me. Yeah, it's it's that it's that one guy that used to live in Indiana. So yeah, yeah it's me. Right. But yeah, uh, I, and I just have one quick bone to pick with you. Okay. Because I got a little feature uh, gig in beautiful downtown Mishawaka, Indiana, a couple oh. of months ago, and it just happened to be like you were moving that week. Yeah, I, and I, I couldn't I remember. And that. I was like, yeah. I still want to see you. Uh, and <laughs> and you were like, I'm moving. I can't. I'm like, I'm up the street. Yeah. And well, yeah, and that was just not going to work. But uh, yeah, uh, that was the um, Smokehouse uh, Brew Pub. Yeah. Uh, terrific uh, venue. So uh, comics, if you're out there listening and stuff, or if you are um, uh, uh, the local to Mishawaka, Indiana, make sure that you uh, support their Tuesday night comedy night. You get a great show. It's a free show. Get yourself a great dinner and some drinks and uh, enjoy that in uh, Mishawaka, Indiana. That, that's yeah, my that's, only little plug there. There you go. Show. It's actually Smokestack. But, uh, smokestack. Well, yeah, see? Yeah. see, thank you for that, fixing me on that. Okay. That, that, uh, take two. Smokestack brew. Right. <laughs> yeah. They do a great a job there. Smokestack brew. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That, that used to be a funny bone. Oh really? So Funny Bone used to be at the mall, and then they moved yeah. there, and then um, they moved out, and that was uh, vacant for a while. And oh. before it was Funny Bone, it was Boiler House <laughs> Pictures, which um, oh, wow. they, they ran movies um, like six months after they did their original, yeah. original run. So I got to see Pulp Fiction like three times there. So. <laughs> <laughs> On purpose? Yes. Wow. Yeah, and it smelled bad. <laughs> oh, perfect. That's that's as a movie theater should be. Yeah. The floor should be covered in cinema, and there should be a, a vaporous apparition <laughs> in the place that it just smells there. No. <laughs> uh, well, as yeah. I said... As I said, Brian, I really like your style, but I want to know uh, where you got it and when you started, because that's one thing that I haven't learned from you yet oh. is when you started doing stand-up. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, so I've been doing stand-up about three years. Okay. Um, wow. And I, I try to say it like that now. I got some good advice uh, from a comic because I had kind of hemmed and hawed around well, I worked in radio for a long time and, and I've always been a performer and so on. And they're like, shut up. How long have you been doing stand-up? I said, yeah, okay, three years. Um, <laughs> and um, a, a lot of people will look at my stage presence and listen to my voice and so on. Anything that I say, because it comes with the gravitas that I bring uh -huh. with, you know, I, I'm making fun of myself. Please understand that. Um, <laughs> everything that comes out of my mouth sounds like I'm speaking with authority. It sounds like I'm just here. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. you listen to this guy. Um, so, and, and I'm very comfortable on stage. I'd much rather be on stage than anywhere else. I'm very uncomfortable um, in a car with one other person. 
yeah. on a road trip. That's hell for me. Uh-huh. Whereas, except my wife, my wife is the exception to any, any of these rules. Um, she and I are great in the car for, you know, 10, 12 hours to go visit her family, whatever it takes. Um, but if somebody's like, Hey, uh, let's, let's drive six hours and go to a show together. I'm like, can you, can you just drive your own car? Yeah. Yeah. I'm a real extrovert and you're not a big enough audience for me to feel comfortable. Uh-huh. So where I'm most comfortable is on a stage, big crowd, everybody's paying attention to me. Um, and because I'm comfortable there, most comfortable there, um, I don't struggle with uh, stage fright. I don't struggle with um, not being myself on stage. The, mm-hmm. the thing I do struggle with is that me, myself, sounds like this. And so people tend not to, like wait, he's putting on an act. He's putting on a show. He's putting on something like that. Yeah. So um, so I've had to kind of craft some things that uh, self-deprecating to make sure that people know, I know what I sound like. And and I, I know that you think I'm trying to sell you something for just $19.95 <laughs> and five easy payments, but wait, there's more. Yeah. <laughs> um, it doesn't take much for me to ramp up like that. And um, so if I can, you know, kind of let the audience off the hook like that, that's a step to, to make me more relatable and um, make sure that they're not hung up on, is he doing a commercial right now? Or is, yeah. you know, yeah. And, um, uh, and as I've, as I've worked that in, uh, I've, I've had much better results. I'm, I'm very happy with how that's going. Um, and you have vocal range. I, oh, sure. I watched your stuff <laughs> so you can, you, you can go high when, when yeah. you're doing a conversation and, and yeah. things like that. So, you know, you can, you can definitely change it up, but I can see how that could be a little bit difficult to overcome because you are a radio voice. You're a voiceover yeah. type voice type guy. <laughs> the announcer voice is just how it comes out. Um, I can do a lot of character voices. Uh, so when people look at me for voiceover work, it's either characters or announcer. Nobody wants me for the average guy. So you mm-hmm. could get voiceover work because that's what people are hiring right now. They mm-hmm. want somebody who sounds like the guy up the street. They want they that's what everybody's hiring for right now. Right. Whereas my voice, they're like announcer, announcer, announce, you know, they're they're swiping left like crazy. Um, whereas um, if they need character voice, yeah, well, I could do that. And, you know, I can, I can do uh-huh. a lot of different voices and I can do impressions and things like that. So I, I've also started adding some of that in my act, uh, to, to say, well, that's my sweet spot. So why not use it? And I've been yeah. reluctant to, because I didn't want to be just the voice guy, but right. you know, at right. this stage, I'm three years in, I've, you know, what is it, you know, you're supposed to put 10 years in before you, you know, are, you know, even remotely, uh, experienced and mm. so like yeah so i've got some time before i you know kind of limit myself to say i'm going to not do these things or always do this or whatever right but and, um yeah you know i do i do feel like even though you're three years in i i i i'm a little surprised that you're only three years <laughs> in so because you do have the stage presence you're not you you aren't nervous up there and it's you can tell i mean i watched all the clips i could find of you and um you you definitely don't have a problem with that and i'm in a similar situation i've always spoken publicly anyway doing you know presentations and things Mm -hmm. like that uh and i'm like you in that i'm tough it's hard for me to be 
in a car with somebody unless we're not doing any small talk at all. We have to right. be talking about a particular subject yes. because I'm I, I I absolutely despise small talk, and my area of interest is so narrow. I mean, <laughs> let's let's talk about X Files and horror movies. That's, that's okay. Really, all right, and music. That's all I got. Okay. So, but even your music, uh, if I remember correctly, you're a little more like it's music of this genre between these years. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I and I, I do branch out, but I was, you know, I'm everywhere from metal to, uh, you know, cowpunk, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever I decide I like, I like. And uh, fortunately, my wife's very patient and goes along with. Oh me. yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, one so approaching comedy later in life. Yeah. You know, you, Everybody told you to do it, so you just did it. Um, <laughs> Actually, no. It? <laughs> yeah. Nobody, okay. nobody said you know you should be a comedian. Nobody uh-huh. said that. Um, I did. <laughs> I, yeah. I like. I want to do this. Um, and uh, God bless my wife, uh, Holly. She, for my fiftieth birthday, bought me Steve Martin's Masterclass. Uh-huh. So it was an online class and it was just, it basically walked through, this is what comedy structures are and here's mm-hmm. things that you can focus on. And, and there was some like general advice in there and I went through it and I went, yeah, I have to do this. I, like I said, I worked in radio for a while. I, you know, you kind of have to be funny on the radio sometimes and then not doing news though. I learned that the hard way. Uh-huh. I got, I got fired from a news station for laughing after a news uh, story that I was reading. Um, there was <laughs> circumstance. Yeah. Um, but I uh, would say um, that uh, where's it, where it going? Oh, I uh, I got um, asked by some local club owners and things like that. Hey, will you come in and be the MC of this show we're doing? And it wasn't much more than an open mic and stuff like that. So I would go in mm-hmm. and host essentially. But I didn't know what I was doing. I was mm-hmm. just being the radio guy, mm-hmm. and and I had a a couple of things that I would do regularly for material that I've, I I had at the time. Mm -hmm. And um, so, you know, I, I did that for a little while, but not in a way that was all that meaningful. Right. So I I had a taste of it. So once I got through Steve Martin's masterclass, I was like, yeah, I absolutely have to do this. And then I signed up for um, Gilda's laugh fest here in Grand Rapids. And they had, um, and I don't do this every year, but they did it that particular year. It was the um, first timers showcase. And I asked, I said, this, I have a little experience, but they're like, oh yeah, you're fine. You absolutely sign up for this. Uh So I signed up and then I'm like, well, I, I wrote some material. I need to go find an open mic to do this. And then I found the world of the different Facebook comedy groups um, I found, I, I just, you know, kind of searched for, you know, is there any place and so on. And, um, and the uh, people at LaughFest had said, hey, there, there's a, a bunch of open mics around town where you can go. And okay, so I, I looked some up, I found some, and I did my first open mic the night before Thanksgiving. Um, so it's coming up on three years ago. And, um, and it's supposed to be like, this is the biggest bar night of the year. And uh, had a, a few friends came with me who were both pastors and their adult children and my wife. And uh-huh. we went and I, I from working in radio and I simply don't 
talk with expletives in yeah. in my wording. So mm -hmm. it doesn't occur to me to to talk that way. And there's certain topics that I just don't discuss in public. So it wasn't going to be that. It was it was going to be clean comedy. Um, mm -hmm. But but it wasn't so much on purpose as it was. That's just how I am. Mm -hmm. And so I got there, and I'm I'm there with these friends and my wife, and the the level of dirty comedy, blue comedy, filthy comedy was so high. Yeah. It, it you know part of what we do as comedians is we create tension and then release it. Yeah. And for us, I'm there with two pastors and their adult <laughs> children and my wife, and and the tension is like oh god everything. The, the other people who were there who are some of my friends now yeah. <laughs> are, yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. it, so it was, you know, it's not like I don't appreciate what they do. Some of it's just beautifully crafted. And then some people just go up there and, and say words yeah. without anything to go with it. Yeah. And in this case, it was a mix of that. Some of the stuff was really funny. Some of, some of it was absolutely not. And that tension release, tension release. I was, really laughing the whole time partially out of embarrassment for my friends and uh -huh. and my, yeah. my wife but it was it was really good for my wife to go to that show that first time and see oh that's what going to comedy shows is going to be like <laughs> i don't need to ever do that again <laughs> un unless you're doing a clean show somewhere yeah and, and yeah she's great so uh i have the as a partner with uh aaron sorrels who says hi he asked me to make sure i said hi to you hey aaron. Um, so uh we have a business clean comedy time and we do shows that are clean um we bring comedians from all over um doing clean material so they're mm -hmm. not necessarily clean comics they do clean material and we corporate events fundraisers shows churches you know whatever whoever wants that level of so you've got your your kind of your your TV clean, your corporate clean, yeah. your your church clean, and then there's a whole other level that we just did in uh, in early July, that is um, camp church campground clean <laughs> with children in the audience. Yeah. It, that's a whole other level, and we had a great time, had a great show, uh -huh. um, uh, and the comics that we we brought along. Um, it was me and Aaron, of course, uh, Abby Lemke. Um, she's terrific. Uh, she's really great at the, you know, like that awkward early twenties. Um, and so there was a, just a pile of, uh, 13, 14 year old girls sitting right up front and uh -huh. they just grabbed onto her. Like she was their older sister and yeah. she had a great time. <laughs> and then, um, and then we had Cam Rowe, uh, Cam Bigfella row uh <laughs> six foot nine guys so he's a monster of a man and uh, he was great he uh, yeah, we all had a really great time uh, -huh. uh the campers really enjoyed it um and i had been there before so i could you know kind of prep the comics i said this is a different level of clean yeah um you know it's it's topical it's language it's it's words that you won't think that are going to yeah. be the issue um the first time i did the a show there they had seen a video of me talking about um, an audition I had with the Chicago Cubs to be the PA announcer. This is uh, a true story. I, I got selected as a finalist from a YouTube video I submitted. Wow. I, I was one of 25 people who got to go to the park and we all, it was, there was, there was a whole publicity thing about it. I wasn't going to get uh -huh. the job, but after I called a game from the booth with Gary, the organist, and it yeah. was, you know, great. It was a wonderful time in my, one of my favorite places in the whole wide world. Um, I got to hear my voice ringing out over Wrigley Field. 
Um, then they put me down to HR and asked me baseball questions. They said, how were three ways that a batter can get to first base? And I said, that's easy. You can get a single, you can get a walk or base on balls and get hit by a pitch. Technically, in the right circumstance, you can steal first. But the way that I think everybody forgets about is put on some light music, open a bottle of wine, dim the lights, and you'll be on first base before you know it. <laughs> that's a favorite bit of mine. And they had seen that. And they said, hey, you do this, this thing about getting to first base. Can you not do that? I said, of course, I'm happy to edit like that. Please help me understand why so that I can think about the rest of my act stuff you haven't seen. Oh, yeah. Um, it's foreplay. Yeah. <laughs> and in my head, I went, I'm so sorry you think that's foreplay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then and then I was going, oh, okay, got it. All right, so it's that level. So yeah. you know, within clean comedy, there's all of those those um, different levels. And um, uh, I'd like to think that, you know, the stuff that I do most of the time can play in any of those situations. And I've got specific stuff that I do for churches. And whenever I do a corporate job, I always meet with them for a couple hours to sit down, give me a tour, talk to me about who's going to be there. Who's, who's really funny in your audience? Who, mm -hmm. who's, you know, does the does the CEO think they're they're a, a comedian? Mm -hmm. uh, you know all that kind of stuff. So you get that kind of stuff, so that you go up there and you're immediately identifying with the people who are in the room. They you they feel like oh he he knows who we are, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah. So uh, you know I, I like to do that kind of thing, and uh, and for fundraisers, I spent a lot of my um, prior to this professional career um, in uh, ministry organizations. So. Uh, I, I'm accustomed to fundraising speak and having to ask for a donation and things mm -hmm. like that. So I like to do things like that. And I always offer that as a, Hey, if, as you're doing this fundraiser, if you need somebody else to ask for the money besides you, I can do that. I, yeah. I can, you know, make that part of what I do. And uh, so it, there's those, those kinds of things. So I, it's, it's been a really good, just natural uh, progression for me. Um, but Three years ago, it was just a, a weird Wednesday night with a room full of people who were just cussing and, and talking ab about, um, you know, uh, committing unspeakable acts uh, <laughs> in, in front of their computer. Um, and, and so I, I imagine that their lives have been fairly, uh, you know, uninterrupted by the, the whole pandemic thing. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> And, you know, I really respect somebody who leans in to who they are because you could try to do an R-rated thing. Oh, yeah, I um, can. It's in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it probably wouldn't come off as, as being true to you. And it's funny because I've, I've decided, although my act is pretty darn clean, I've decided not to label myself as a clean comic right. because I've written a whole lot of really not, I don't want to say it's dirty, but I, I have to use curse words uh -huh. in order to get the point across. Yeah. And it, it goes into subjects of, you know, boomers being out of touch and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and um, I've got that there. Yeah. But when you see me on stage, it's kind of like seeing you. It's not, I, I'm like the, you know, 
Well, we look like, like somebody. I'm like the old gym <laughs> teacher, yeah. or something like. It's not somebody you expect to hear the f bomb out of, right? And, and and it's funny that you have um, you have gotten the respect of people who do blue stuff. Um, you know, you know, say like an Adam Deggy. Um, he was on the show. You know, yeah. he 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 likes you. Um, so oh, oh, I'll, I'll have to remember that. Yes, yeah, Adam. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but. It's it's a little it's kind of difficult to get that respect. First of all, when you're a little bit older, and second off, um, when you decide that you're going to really lean into the clean stuff, yeah. and then um, at first they're a little bit standoffish. I don't know if this happened to you. They're a little bit standoffish, yeah. and then they come to you and say, "How can I make this joke?" Clean? Yes. Oh, <laughs> because, I love that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Thank you. I uh, I I like Adam too. I, <laughs> um, I as you said, you know, I do lean into clean. I've actually um, trimmed down the clean branding on my website a bit, uh, where I would say I'm a I'm a clean comedian. I don't use that phrase anymore. I'm still mm. I am a clean comedian, but it's it's not the phrase I use because um, I I want to. Um, bring um you know when it comes to clean comedy there's a kind of a bringing a lightness into places that are often dark yeah. um so i the comedy i do some of it gets pretty dark mm -hmm. um uh, especially with recent events and stuff but uh likewise then when i'm in places that are um very light and like churches and things like that i'll i'll bring the I'll bring the darkness there uh, mm -hmm. as well, just to try to, to open that up. Hey, uh, Matt Opoly, uh, 83, uh, Matt Harper says, hi, Brian. Thanks, man. Yeah, I'm not uh, even watching just chat. Yeah, I, I, just, I, I just saw it. I I'm just very... happened to know Matt, so thanks thanks for listening. Um, hey, everybody's watching, thanks. Yeah, uh, thanks I, a lot. I, I get into the interview, so <laughs> 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 I don't even watch chat much. <laughs> yeah, uh, the... Um, but the, the the friends that I have who uh, who work particularly dirty and and I'm going to go ahead and name him. I'm going to name John Batch. Uh -huh. um, uh, he and uh, a, a few other partners have developed uh, a company called Demented Peach Productions. Uh, uh -huh. They've been doing um, outdoor shows uh, all summer. They just did their uh, their final one for the summer last week. Uh, I was able to go to that, which was great. Um, they put together a great show. They're doing open mics to to recruit people. They're they're already forecasting into into shows for the future. They do a great job. Um, but if you ever see John perform, his filthiness is art. Yeah. And that and I absolutely respect that. And I told him so. Right. And I I just said I want to bring that level of creativity and art to the clean that I do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, and, and I think, and I don't know how he really feels about me, of course, but I would, I would hope that, uh, that he's, he's got that same idea that it's like, yeah, I, I think Brian's funny. I like him. It's just, you know, he, he works from, from this side of it and I work from that side. Right. But I think one of the reasons that, um, if you work clean, that you run into some resistance, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. It's, it's the, the Christian thing or the church thing, or mm -hmm. people make assumptions of who you are and what you believe and how you want to treat other people and so on. And, um, I, I am a, a person of faith. Um, I, I, 
that's I've just always uh, been, and and it's a important part of my life. But I also understand that my first job um, is to be loving to people. So mm. I, I hope I will never be in a situation where I'm saying, um, "Hey, you need to change your language," or "You need to change the topics." I would never do that. Right. Um, I have a great appreciation for it. If if we got anything out of uh, how Jesus lived his life uh, when he was walking around here on earth was that he's like, he hung out with the people who were the unexpected yes. and the people who were very religious are the only ones that he tore a new one for. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm not trying to say that I'm like Jesus. I'm just trying to say, I, I hope I can approach that. Yeah. Um, and so uh, when, when I'm not doing clean comedy time, I don't do a lot of church shows on my own. I can, I'm happy to, um, but probably more along the lines of a, a more progressive church, um, a church that's, uh, you know, not uh, as um, uh, stayed in uh, traditions and, and mm -hmm. things that they're, they're a little bit more forward thinking. Um, uh, and I would say, you know, as, as I move, you know, uh, geographically south and get down to, you know, where you live now, I probably have very few churches where they would uh, be welcoming to me. Yeah. Up, up there's, north here, there's a few more. Yeah. They're more old Testament. Yeah. yeah. yeah if you will. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And um, yeah. So I think there's that, that, you know, kind of assumption, if you work clean, it must be because of this. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's a part of it for sure. But it's, it's also because um, that's just how I talk. And it's also yeah. because after working in radio for about 12 years, I can't say certain words in front of a live mic. I just, yeah, there's, there's nothing in my brain that would allow that to happen. And right. it's not part of my normal conversation. So yeah. like you said earlier, if, if I did a blue set or use particular language, it would come off as not genuine. Like, yeah. Yeah. why it's is sincere. he saying that? That yeah. doesn't make sense. Yeah. But I did one, uh, one show uh, here in Grand Rapids at the, um, the tip top bar and grill. Um, um, I, I'm pretty sure as a guy named uh, Michael Bustler, uh, he was hosting and he introduced me uh, as your junior high vice principal. <laughs> and I'm like, there you go. Now I know what I look like. Okay. Thank you, Mike. Uh, yeah. Iron Mike uh, you know, is uh, king of the nicknames. So uh, yeah, I, I took that. I, thing... took, <laughs> I just took it as very genuine. It's like, that's how he yeah. sees me. Awesome. Let me lean into yeah. that. Yeah. 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 Just, just be it. And, mm -hmm. and the funny thing is, is I've noticed that a, a clean comic in a sea of dirty comics is mm -hmm. almost a palate cleanser. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, Oh, that's different. Yeah. Well, I'm doing a show this coming Saturday. Uh, uh, I, I know it's not time to plug things yet, but uh, the Ambrosia theater in Grand Rapids um, uh you can Google it and find it and stuff and I'll promote it as well here in a bit. But, um, the show, uh, I, I will be that palate cleanser. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I'll be, you know, um, you know, kind of an opening act. Mm -hmm. So the audience, um, you know, kind of gets into the rhythm of me, gets into the rhythm of me. And then the feet, the, um, the headliner is going to come on and he's very dirty and he's mm -hmm. very high energy and so we will be very different from each other. And um, mm -hmm. uh, so I think that will, the audience will respond really well to that because they'll get into my rhythm and then get uh, shaken and jerked out of yeah. it by, <laughs> by, by another guy who they'll identify with and, and it'll be terrific. So right, I'm really right. looking forward to that. And I, I like you, I appreciate 
all types of humor as long as it's funny and as yeah. long as it's well done. It, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't matter what they say. But I think we're both fortunate in that we've got you know Jim Gaffigan, Nate Bargatze, mm -hmm. you know people like that that are kind of making their yeah. normalizing clean comedy. Yeah, again. And, for sure. And and that is uh, that's very helpful because you know the funny thing is is you get you get these guys on your side. Uh, you know, there, I had a, a situation when I was doing an open mic and, uh, this is when I was up in South Bend, a bunch of Notre Dame kids came in and, um, I was of course not cursing. And I, I think I said the word poop or something like that. Oh, and, boy. And, oh. and somebody, and somebody in the audience said, uh, you can say shit. And <laughs> one of my comedy friends, uh, totally got on her and said, he doesn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> and no. I could hear it. He, he actually can't. He's yeah. incapable of saying that. Yeah. But the funny thing is, is in normal life, um, if if I type the word F into my phone, oh, it's of course. F bomb. I mean, I, I yep. swear very profusely in normal life. And, <laughs> but on the stage, I can totally turn it off and, and it fits who I am. But uh, enough about me. Um, oh, but, well, uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but uh in in thinking about so starting later in life is is definitely i think we get advantages and i think we get disadvantages um sure. first of all we've lived some life and yep. um having a bad set or something like that really doesn't yeah it really doesn't bother us as much as a young person but yeah. the disadvantages is we're uh you know, an over 50 person in yep. a sea of 20 somethings. Yeah. Um, so just let me pause for a second. So Scott, have a bad set. Uh -huh. So you've, you've had a bad set. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. We've all had them. Uh, that, that is the, the number one rule of comedy is failure. You're yeah. Going to fail. You're going to fail tragically, tremendously, you know, it, it's it's going to be hyperbolically extraordinary, and you're and, and you're not going to believe it. You're going to walk off and say, "Like I can't believe that that material that I know so well just did that." Yeah, and yeah, uh, so that's going to happen. Um, so of course, but you're absolutely right. At our age, um, it's it's just not a big a deal, and I think mm -hmm. it's because the percentage of our life that was just given to that. <laughs> So it's math. So much it's a small percentage of our life. It's like, ah, yeah, pshaw, no big deal. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny. It's like it, it just doesn't even, I mean, you're upset for maybe a couple seconds. And yeah. you're like, yeah. okay, like, okay, okay, what am I doing tomorrow? Yeah, you know, it, what, what, it, yeah. It, what am I going to do differently next time? Yeah, sure. it doesn't it doesn't really even register as a failure when you've done, you know, 10, 15 minutes or whatever. It's yeah. it, I, I think that percentage analogy is very good. And yeah. Uh, but yeah, I now let's think about people who get into comedy um, had some people that they admired when they were um, sure. younger and stuff like that. Who, who are the people that you really looked up to when you were um, just digging comedy as a connoisseur? Yeah. Um, 
Well, uh, you know, it's it's not uh, fashionable anymore, but I absolutely grew up on Bill Cosby. Um, Same. So, yeah, yeah, that it was like, well, it was uh, Fat Albert and the Cosby Kids were on TV. Um, I could get reruns of I Spy. And then I had a couple of albums and I knew those albums backwards and forwards. Mm -hmm. um, and I had other friends who had other ones and we shared those. Um, as I uh, got a little older, uh, Steve Martin hit. Mm -hmm. And that is the first comedy album I ever bought for myself. Um, okay. That it was uh, Steve Martin's Wild and Crazy Guy. And then I went out and got Let's Get Small after uh -huh. that. So I got a little out of order. Um, I had um, I'd grown up a lot on Bob Newhart. Um, and he, you know, pe people will say, oh, he's got this, this stutter and that's the thing. And I'm like, I find that with him... It's the pause. It's uh -huh. the, um, this is a bit the same for Jack Benny. A number of people have talked about this over the years that Jack Benny, everybody knew Jack Benny. They knew his character, that he was a, a, a cheapskate uh -huh. and that he didn't want to spend any money. He was a penny pincher. And so he, they, he does the bit where he leaves the theater and he gets mugged, and the guy holds a gun up to him. He says, your money or your life. <laughs> and he sits there, he doesn't respond, mm -hmm. and it's, it's quiet, and people are chuckling because there's, there's a little tension there. Yeah. And, and, the, and the mugger goes, so which is it? I'm thinking. <laughs> and... And the, the story that I've heard, it was uh, nine minutes of laughter. Yeah. Where he never, he didn't have to say another word because yeah. they just knew his character. Mm -hmm. And I would say that Bob Newhart had some of that um, in that you knew who he was. You, you knew what to expect from him. He could take those pauses and just let them speak for themselves. Mm -hmm. um, and so when I do material there are times when i take pauses that i think oh gosh this pause is so long it's so long it's not it never is uh -huh. i watch the video later and it's like that's yeah, yeah i still gotta take longer time there to let the audience get it first yeah so i, I love it when the audience figures out where i'm going as i as i give them the last piece of information yeah and then i always say the thing or I will say something completely other. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a, a thing that I'm doing right now where I talk about my name is not complicated, but people misspell Brian. They switch the vowels around and it comes out like yeah. a piece of the human anatomy. It's brain. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, um, and so I talk about I, I do this for other people. I respond and spell their names wrong. I call him liver and I call him spleen. Uh -huh. And then my friend Bob, I spell his name with two O's. And I wait. And you have to wait long enough for the audience to chuckle. To yeah. get the, oh, yeah, we know what word he's spelling. Uh -huh. And I say, I call him Bobbo. <laughs> and so I never say B-O-O-B, uh -huh. you know which is where they went. Um, I, I never have to do that. I take that pause. And so that's part of it is, is um, some of the old, old vaudeville comics and, um, and then Bob Newhart kind of inheriting that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Bill Cosby, Steve Martin, 
really introduced me to the absurd. Yeah. Um, and um, and then so when I took his uh, his internet class, the his master class, um, uh, the idea that he talked about his character, his voice was it was a guy who thought he was in show business. Yeah. And was doing all the things he could to make it look like he was legitimately in show business, but he had this goofy, twisted perspective of what show business was. <laughs> yeah. And and then everything was within that context. Um, and so, you know, I look for those kinds of things. I look for, you know, I've never been a junior high vice principal, um, but I look for those kinds of things where people have their mind made up about who I am and what I do and that kind of thing. Mm. And then, and then I try to bring the, I'm a horrible person to that and, and take them somewhere else. Yeah. Um, See, now that's, that's a really cool um, dichotomy because you do, you, you do all these, you know, these cleaner puns. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> and it's really great branding, but, and you punctuate it with, I'm a horrible person. Yeah. And, and you're in your act, you do it too. And I really enjoy how you do that. And how did you come up with that? Um, <laughs> it was one of those things that, uh, I, around the house and around friends and so on, I, I'm the one who says the dark thing. Mm. Um, we're presented with a situation and then my brain goes in this terrible direction and I would kind of do it as an apology. Mm -hmm. Um, so uh, the, a favorite one that I'm doing right now, um, is that I've always wanted to be a performer. I, I studied uh, to be a ventriloquist when I was a little kid and I was good at the voices. I've always been good at voices, but I was bad at the puppetry. So I just told everybody the dummy was paralyzed. <laughs> and so, you know, I mean, that's not terribly dark. It's, uh -huh. you know, it's, it's, you know, off color, it's obtuse, it's absurd. Um, right. But, um, but then I follow that with, I'm a horrible person. So it's, yeah. re it's really more of an apology. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I know what I just said. Um, so it's that. Um, and then, as I, I did it and, and then I've kind of gone on different stints of like, I'll do a whole run of puns and I haven't done mm -hmm. that in, in a couple of years, but, um, mm -hmm. I, I enjoy puns a lot. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, and they're the kind of things that, you, you know, just every day walking around, those things just pop into my head. Yeah. So they right. come out a lot. Um, um, so as, as that happens, um, it's, it does come out with like that kind of apologetic, uh, I'm a horrible person. And, yeah. and it just came out like that one time with, uh, it was, and I couldn't even tell you the first time it happened, but with friends or family. And, and then, um, and then as I started doing material and finding myself where I kind of needed to have that, um, just to kind of explain, I, I know what I've just said and, mm -hmm. and, and I'm not proud of it. And, yeah. and then that came out and then it was like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to make some stickers and some buttons and, you know, and hand those out. And um, so I did a test with, uh, I got to reach up here and grab the other one. So I also have, so my last name is Atkinson. And uh, so I use the at symbol quite a bit. Oh, okay. In things that yeah. I do. And I, so I tried to, uh, you know, hold that up as a like, oh, hey, here, here's two choices. 
and um, I couldn't give those away. Uh-huh. I got a bunch of those, uh, yeah. but I've done a reorder on the <laughs> I'm a Horrible Person uh, merch yeah. with, um, you know, stickers and buttons and magnets and things like that. They're just little things just to give away. Got my website on it so people can uh, can find me later. But yeah. um, that's, I mean, it's obviously that's the thing that that people do. And then one of the things that Steve Martin said in his um, classes, you know, don't beat that to death. Don't. Yeah. If, if you have a catchphrase, if you have a thing that you do regularly, if there's a particular style of joke or something, don't. It's like Jim Gaffigan doesn't walk out on stage and talk about hot pockets right, right. out of the gate. No, of course mm. not. Um, Brian Regan doesn't jump out on stage and talk about the instructions for toasting a pop tart. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's that's not how they start. Um mm when they do an encore, when they do a closer, when they they'll do something like that, or they'll yeah. sneak it in um, because it's very popular because people love it. Um, mm-hmm. And of course you, you got to do that. Um, but when it comes to that kind of thing, don't make that your whole act. So right. if I, if I'm doing you know, five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, I'm, I'm only going to say that once. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm, if I'm doing, um, you know, uh, 20 to 30 minutes, uh, I might do a little callback to it. And then if, if I'm doing a, uh, a 45 minute headline set or something, I'll, I'll refer back to it once, you know, it'll be once mm-hmm. and then a, a later thing. Right. And, um, so on. And I've gotten some good advice. There was a while there I was trying out, uh, saying that's why I'm a horrible person. And, mm-hmm. uh, and that doesn't work as well. Uh, I've said mm-hmm. it kind of accidentally and, mm-hmm. um, a, uh, a comic, uh, who was at an event I was at Marty Simpson. Uh, so yeah, don't, don't say it that way. Cause then people start to make up their mind, whether you are or not, I'll be the judge yeah. of that. And right. um, yeah. So uh, that was, he just explained it to me in a way that made a lot of sense. Like, ah, that's why it doesn't work. Thank you very much. Yeah. And so then I've it comes. The- it really comes off as when you just say, I'm a horrible person, yeah. it comes off as an inner voice type thing. Like you are realizing it yourself yeah. and that's why it hits better. That's all I yeah. want. Yeah. You got yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, uh, and obviously beautiful branding. I, I wish that I could come up with branding <laughs> in such a fashion because so far nothing's worked, but, uh, <laughs> well, you except eat- for, Either get it's an amazing podcast or branding. And yeah, one of the yeah, other, I don't know. There you uh, go. Yeah. Um, so one of the reasons I wanted to talk was, uh, you know, comedians, first of all, we're a tribe. Uh, no matter what kind of comedian you right. are, we are, um, we're, we're here for each other. And there is a competitiveness about it. But in the end, it's all of us in a room and the audience in a different room, because we <laughs> are, um, we're just different people. Yeah. And uh, I, I like to use the term outlier, because, uh, that, you know, it's what I feel that most comedians are, they're a little bit outside the norms of society. And they've What's got wrong with us. <laughs> yeah, we've got something to prove and all that. And you've been in a and i the other thing is i want to protect the people that i love and the people that are in this business and you found yourself in a situation uh not too long ago that afforded um uh some great comedy but 
also ended in some tragic events. Yeah, for sure. And I, I do want to talk about that because it's something that is very alive today and something that is uh, scaring me to death. Um, so I, and, uh, you know, we, we talked about this beforehand. We're not going to talk about who, where, why, and anything like that. But I do want to talk about the events that happened yeah. and um, also how it's uh, affected you because yeah. it did. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll just reiterate uh, something you said there. So I've been very careful. I am not naming the the comedy show that I attended uh, that event. I'm not naming the people who are involved in it. I'm not, I don't want to talk about the club where it happened. I don't want to talk about any of those things. Um, the thing that I want to talk about is, is the what happened. I, I don't want anyone to be blamed. I don't want anyone to feel ashamed uh, or people to shame them or, or try to say, well, this person was wrong. So I'm going to, um, you know, hurt them in some way. I've had a number yeah. of comics come up to me and says, you know, Hey, where did this start? Because I want to make sure that person never works again. I'm like, that is not what we're doing. That's yeah. That can't be it. So, um, I was at a, a comedy event. It was a three day event and, um, it, it was uh, mid July uh, I've been looking forward to it. It had been canceled uh, previously and then kind of brought back around because uh, cases were down for COVID and, and it was, and vaccinations were surging. We were, do, were doing really well. Um, and, and we all felt we're like, Hey, we're vaccinated. We're bulletproof. We're going to be fine. Uh, so we're all going to go to this thing. So we had uh, 35 comics. And then during the course of the few days we had, um, you know, five or eight somewhere in there uh, other staff people who were uh, running it or or hosting or or doing other things and um as so we i'm just calling it randomly 40 people um who were involved and uh after the event within a couple of days um people started uh having your classic covid symptoms a little bit of a sore throat uh, headache, a lightweight fever, some sinus things, so on. And, um, and that includes me. And I had been vaccinated in uh, March. Uh, I had uh, two uh, doses of the Pfizer vaccine. And the thing that I didn't think through carefully enough and understand that I want everybody to, to really grab hold of is uh, having the vaccine does not mean you're not going to get sick. Having the vaccine is kind of like having a seatbelt on your car. You put the seatbelt on. If you're in an accident, it helps it from becoming a really serious accident, serious injuries. Um, but it doesn't prevent car accidents. There's nothing about yeah. that uh, seatbelt that's out there, you know, keeping the, the car accidents away from you. It, it, right. just, it doesn't work like that. Um, and I, and I forgot that. And mm -hmm. we had all um, gone in there, uh, you know, with at least the sense of, hey, we're all vaccinated, it's all going to be fine. And um, one of the uh, people showed up with some symptoms, and they were wearing a mask, and said, as we kind of went around the room and introduced ourselves, he said, you know, I'm sorry about this, I'm just getting over a flu. And uh, so I'm wearing a mask. And then it wasn't too long later that he, he took off that mask and so on. And at that moment, I should have thought, wait a minute. <laughs> if, if it's influenza, <laughs> the flu, you know, right. that's still 
very contagious and deadly. I yeah. don't need to be around that. <laughs> uh, I had a flu vaccine in the fall, but you know, that's, that's faded. Uh, you know, I'm kind of due for another one. Um, mm. And I should have uh, at the very least worn a mask um, yeah. so that if, if I did uh, get any of the virus inside of me, that it would be less likely that I would expel it. Um, so that kind of thing. Um, and then, uh, uh, yes, uh, an old uh, friend of mine from grade school just popped on here. Uh, Mark Mitchell said, if wearing a seatbelt makes you drive your car more recklessly, you're not using it right. And you're absolutely right. That's I was not using my vaccine correctly. And <laughs> Uh, you know, I should I should have not only um, used my seatbelt, but I should have also, you know, been driving more carefully and mm -hmm. um, and so on and and not speeding and so on. Which is, by the way, for any law enforcement officers who are listening, that is how I drive anyway. Uh, so um, I uh, I so I I didn't do the right thing myself, and so I was one of the vaccinated people who got sick. There were some unvaccinated people there as well who got sick, and um, the way that uh, I got information from a lot of different people who were at the event over the next few days and then weeks and so on, um, and the count that we came up with was that there were five people who went to the hospital or under a doctor's care, um, and they were on a variety of different uh, breathing um, apparatuses for uh, a period of time, different mm -hmm. periods of time, different people and so on. And um, uh, one of the guys um, had uh, started getting symptoms about the second day of the event. And then he isolated himself and got out of there and um, didn't attend the rest of it. And uh, he absolutely did the right thing. Um, mm -hmm. As soon as he realized he was not feeling, uh, feeling right that he was sick, he, he took himself out of the equation. He ended up in the hospital. He ended up on a ventilator and he's okay now. He's, um, I just checked in with him the other day. He's, mm -hmm. um, uh, he's back at work. He, he's, he's in good shape. Mm -hmm. I missed, um, basically I, I, I'd gone on vacation to, <laughs> to do this event, uh, taking a, a couple of day, uh, days of vacation and I got back to work and then I, um, got home that night and that evening I started having some symptoms. So that was on a Tuesday night. I started having just a little, oh, my glands are swollen, a little sore throat. The next morning I woke up and I'm like, nope, I am not going to work. This, this could be anything. Mm -hmm. And um, I said, I know I was just in a, a, a room of um, 35, 40 people for three or four days. And, um, and there was somebody who had some symptoms and we weren't masking and, now I, now I'm thinking, uh, okay, well, let me make sure that I'm doing the right thing now. Um, so I called in the sick for that Wednesday, um, got a hold of, um, uh, uh, my uh, doctor's office who pointed me to a, a COVID testing thing. Um, they said, we want to wait one more day before you get the test. So don't come in now. You're going to come in tomorrow morning, Thursday. I did the drive up. I spit in a cup. I didn't even have to have the, the swab in the nose. And, um, and then uh, later on Thursday, I, I was just feeling sicker and sicker. My temperature was starting to creep up. And on Friday, um, uh, mid morning, I got, I got the call and the text and the email and the, and then another phone call and so on from everybody. Let me know, Hey, you tested positive for COVID-19, um, which is the, the illness that the coronavirus causes. And, um, so once, you know, once I knew that, then for sure, um, 
Holly, my wife and I had already started isolating from each other, um, which she says was terrible. Uh, so it's very kind of her to, to say that. Um, so I, I appreciate her, uh, her saying so. Um, but uh, we, we just, we slept in different rooms. We avoided, you know, being in the same space without masks and so on. And uh, so from the time my symptoms first appeared to the time that my symptoms were really gone was about 10 days, which oddly is the, the period of isolation that they wanted me to go through. Mm-hmm. And, um, and uh, in, into the, the second, second or third day, sense of smell disappeared. And uh, so it's been um, three, three weeks and some change since my symptoms have been gone, except that the uh, mm-hmm. sense of smell is still not... Um, where it used to be. Um, uh, my wife made some dinner tonight and I could smell it to some degree, but I know I wasn't, you know, really appreciating, uh, I can smell my coffee if I hold it, you know, kind of right up there. Um, but it's, but I, I don't smell things the way I used to. Um, on Saturday I, uh, was, uh, opening a door, checking it, locking it. And as I did, Oh, there's a skunk outside. I'm like, Oh, Hey, I can smell the skunk. Great. (laughs) That's back. (laughs) So, so that was my experience with um, having COVID myself. A lot of people checked in on me and made sure, but that's when it started to be like, oh yeah, I'm also sick. Oh, I'm also sick. I'm also sick. This person is sick. This person went to the hospital, this, so on. Um, uh-huh. And at the, um, uh, after a couple of weeks of that and finding out that there were um, some unvaccinated people who were in the hospital uh, on ventilators and and other devices. Uh, CPAP is one of the things they use, which I sleep with every mm-hmm. night anyway, because um, I'm incapable of breathing without <laughs> help, apparently. <laughs> uh, at night, though, just at night. So it's fine. yeah. Um, but they um, uh, we we uh, we got the horrible news that one of the the guys uh, had passed away uh, mm-hmm. due to COVID. Uh, been in the hospital and um, they had him on a ventilator and um, yeah, his uh, family lost their dad, lost their husband. Uh, he was a teacher. His students um, lost their teacher uh, this, mm. you know, that close to the school year starting up again. Um, so that was terribly tragic. He happened to be the guy who was sitting next to me for most of the event. Uh, so I'd gotten to know him. We had had a couple of meals together Um I really liked him. You know, I was looking forward to getting to know him and, and finding ways that we could, you know, do shows together somewhere from mm. different parts of the country, what have you. Um, talk, talking to him about his material, him talking to me about mine. It, it just really the beginnings of what I was hoping was going to be a really great uh, friendship. Um, mm. So he passed away. Um, uh, as we're doing this, I guess it was uh, three weeks ago uh, today. And, um, and then, uh, we, then we were kind of on, um, on, uh, prayer watch for the other people who were, uh, still in the hospital and still in the ICU and in different situations. And, um, I told you one guy, he got out of the hospital. He, uh, he's doing, um, just fine now. Uh, but there were two other people who were in the hospital and they both died on Friday, so wow. it's just a few days ago that that happened. Um, I did a lot of social media posts about this along the way. Um, so if, if you were following along with what I was doing on social media, you, you'd see a lot of that stuff. You'd see that on Friday night I posted, we've had you know the second death. And then Saturday morning, I said, make that three because I 
I hadn't heard that the other, the third guy had also passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, just running some numbers uh, briefly, and I, I'm not a math guy, um, mm-hmm. but uh, so you had about 40 people. Um, we had uh, a total of uh, 20 people who got sick who were at the event. So straight up 50%, mm-hmm. uh, give or take, because, you know, like I said, there was, there was 35 comics and then, you know, a handful of other people. So that was up and down a little bit for different days. Mm-hmm. And then um, as uh, we look further into that, we say, okay, uh, of those 20 people, there were um, 15 people who were vaccinated who got sick. And again, mm-hmm. I say, yeah, it's it's seatbelt. It's it's not mm-hmm. a bulletproof vest. Um, and um, and then there were the five people who were unvaccinated who got sick, and three of them died. Wow. So if I can be clear again, I I don't want to point fingers. I don't want to blame anybody. I'm not going to name people. I'm not going to name the event. I'm not going to do that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just going to use this as saying this happened. These are the facts. And we need to step up our game Um, as comics. uh, I have a a friend that I know. um, I've uh, been singing in a competitive chorus for the last few years. Um, And one of the guys who sings in it, uh, he's an epidemiologist. And so he's been advising the chorus. And uh, I made a little video for him to share with the the chorus board last week. And uh-huh. they reversed a, a policy that they had. They were going to you know, be a little lax about vaccinations and testing and masking uh-huh. and that kind of stuff. And, and I had a story of one person died. And thankfully, that one person dying was enough so that they changed their policy and have made it so that, like, well, when we rehearse, you're required to be vaccinated if you're um uh, and then even if you are, then you're going to be masked. We're going to be distanced uh, for our rehearsals. We're going to go outside as much as possible. Um, but we're, we're not going to play around with this anymore. And um, so I'm very thankful that they made that decision. And then um, uh, I'm in a situation right now where um, uh, I still want to be able to do comedy. Uh, I went to a show this weekend and uh, performed there. Um I estimate there were 60 people-ish, 50, 60 people in the audience and and a handful of comics. And um, I was the only person in the room wearing a mask. Mm -hmm. And that is not meant as judgment toward anybody who was there. It's just that, okay, a number of people came up to me and said, hey, I saw what you wrote. Thank you for doing that. And like... I, I want you to take action. I want you yeah. to not only make sure you're vaccinated, thank you for getting vaccinated, um, but I also want you to wear a mask. Um, mm-hmm. And and right now the CDC has recommended that uh, mask indoors if you're in anything resembling a group of people or strangers or so on. So that, that would include the grocery store. It would include uh, offices, you know, that kinds of thing. And then, mm-hmm. um, and then they've, they're encouraging... Um, mask wearing outside. And I, I may not have all those words right as as we're doing this right now today, but that was mm-hmm. the last thing that I read. Um, and the masks work. We, we know that they do because, I mean, prior to getting COVID, I hadn't had a cold in a year and a half. Yeah. Um, you know, and I and I went I went to the grocery store once or twice a week. Um, yeah. I didn't do the delivery thing. I, I just I said, well, you know, it's 
this this person's going to have to run around the store and get all my stuff and touch all my stuff and breathe on my stuff, or I'm going to do it. And I, yeah. I don't need to risk somebody else's life for to get my yeah. groceries. I'm going to do it. Um, <laughs> and again, not judgment. That's just how, how I felt in it. I also needed to get out of the house. Um, yeah. But, you know, masks work. Um, we're yeah. not so concerned anymore about the, the touching of uh, surfaces and transmitting through surfaces and things. Um, you know, yeah, don't shake somebody's hand and then touch your face. That's, that's probably a bad idea. Um, mm-hmm. You know, make sure you're washing your hands, make sure you're doing that. But wearing a mask um, uh, is one of the most important things you can do. Um, and then uh, I just want to encourage um, anybody who's um, in groups. Um, so the comedians that we know and love, um, churches, um, if, if you have an office where um, I'm picturing things like call centers and stuff like that, where like, unless there's extraordinarily good ventilation, um, you, you, you can't create enough distance in a space like that. Um, right. With the, uh, the chorus that I sang with uh, and with comedians, I, I talk about um, what we're doing in that room is happy coughing. Uh, so yeah. it's, yeah. it's, it's the same function as coughing. We're expelling air yeah. and with laughing more so because it's that, ha, 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 you know, it's, yeah. it's rhythmic like that. Yeah. It's, you know, that kind of thing. And it's always surprising, which is great. Um, love that. Uh, when it comes to singing, it's extended happy mm. coughing. Um, so you're really expelling the, uh, the virus particles mm. that are uh, in your, your passageways. Um, and then after you've happy coughed, you're deeply inhaling, uh, to, um, to either get another breath to sing or, or to recover from that great laugh that you just had. Uh, mm-hmm. and then for churches, if, if they're, if you're singing in church, there you are, that's the happy coughing there. You got a little amen corner somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. but, you know, that's, that's another kind of happy coughing. So, uh, I, I, just want to encourage everybody, um, make sure you're vaccinated, mask up, um, stay home if you can, but I'm not asking anybody to isolate unless, unless, wait for it, you, you've got some symptoms. And, and if you right. think that it's just a flu, hey, I just want to point out that uh, influenza, the flu, also has a vaccine that you can mm. get on the regular. So I recommend that. Mm. Um uh, and, and influenza can kill people and, and it kills people every year. So let's, right. you know, let's, you know, think about that as well. If you think it's just something else, mm-hmm. um, assume if right. you're prone to allergies, assume it's not that take, go, take mm-hmm. your allergy pill, stay isolated for a little while. Hey, do your symptoms go away when you took your allergy stuff? Yeah. Great. Fine. Yeah. No, get tested. Talk to your yep. doctor. Um, uh, for God's sake, don't read stuff on the internet. Uh, <laughs> that's that that just not going to help. Um, no. Yeah. You know, there's, there's legitimate news sources out there. Um, Reuters News, the AP, um, uh, things coming directly from the CDC, when, you know, when you go to the source. But, mm. um, uh, you know, I, I, I want to offend everybody and nobody kind of at the same time. So, right. you know, right. if, if it's a, um, you know, a news organization with uh, – three letters or more, um, you know, it's, it's likely got a perspective and, and it can push you one way or the other. Let's just go to the sources Mm -hmm. um, to get our information. Um, And then if you, if you're comfortable with another organization on top of that, as long as they're not contradicting what the CDC says, and they're not contradicting what you're seeing in legitimate news sources, then I think you're fine. But 
mm-hmm. uh, if it's there um just based and there's you know on both sides of the the red and blue and the left and right so on there there's plenty of both of that um but you know just let's let's all get back to um being loving to each other and especially people who are uh, church going folk um the thing that uh you were asked to do is love god and love people and loving people is done by protecting them and so that means you put on a mask and you get vaccinated and um when you've done both of those things you can say yeah i i was loving to people in mm-hmm. in those ways um but uh, trying to talk people out of behaviors that can get them killed not loving so let's mm-hmm. knock that off um, right so yeah um yeah did i offend everybody yet no just some people okay i got more <laughs> well you know i do appreciate you sharing this and you know there is nothing funny about it and there, this doesn't really have to do with the art of stand-up comedy however we're in a we're in a situation there's actually two situations we've got a lot of people who want to perform yep. and we got a lot of people who are starved for performance um, mm-hmm. and that's in comedy music yeah. uh, uh, going to church yeah. and, and, and any of those things they they're, they're starved for that human contact and uh, that's what's filling up the clubs that's what's filling up the the churches and, absolutely and, and, and um there is no i guess there's no truer um control group than the one you were in yeah uh and so you know taking it back you know the people who were vaccinated um did not get hospitalized the people who were um got hospitalized and some of them passed away exactly so but that doesn't mean that the people who are vaccinated cannot carry that virus to somebody else Precisely. so the delta variant and all that so that means if i um get the virus and i give it to somebody that is either not vaccinated or vaccinated and it ends up um hospitalizing them or killing them then uh it it, my not acting properly um was part of that so um you know i i just hope that everybody that listens takes us in the spirit that it was given that uh, uh both brian and i um have seen and have gone through this and uh mostly brian um but um but we we just don't want people to die and we yeah. don't want we, we you know you can be vax any vax and mask any mask but it, it just I, I think that his uh, particular story shows that um you know in in that particular group that um that people get it after they're vaxxed and people can transmit it after they're vaxxed and people who aren't vaxxed are very Mm -hmm. prone to um, being very seriously ill and possibly passing away. So I, I appreciate you going through that. I know it's painful. Um, I, (laughs) I, I feel like it's a, it's a public service that really needs to be said because I, I, I feel like we're getting into a situation where it could be really really bad if we if we don't take some measures and uh 
you know, yeah. I, like I told you before we started, I'm scared. You know, I'm, I, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not a young guy, and I also don't want to take that responsibility of passing it on to somebody that could uh, possibly really get hurt from it. Yeah, absolutely. I've uh, I, thank you very much for for stating all that uh, so clearly. Uh, I do want to also say that um, that just some recent statistics I've seen is that um, the people who are vaccinated do end up in the hospital. Mm -hmm. It's not that it doesn't happen, right. it's just far less likely. Right. Um, so it's it's a, a small percentage, but it does happen. Um, people who are um, half vaccinated, they've, they've had the, their first, and then they, they get sick after their first one. Um, you know, they're more likely than somebody who's fully vaccinated. Um, and they're, but even with that one shot, you're far less likely than, than people who are not vaccinated at all. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, and I'm just going to go ahead and read, uh, my, uh, my old, uh, childhood friend, uh, Mark down here said, uh, comics are the albino rabbit of COVID. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? And, uh, say, uh, Mark, uh, thank you very much. Uh, I don't know that you needed to use the term albino, um, <laughs> With a couple of white guys on the screen. Come on, come on, <laughs> not that pale. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. It's just it, you know the control group. The you know, hey, you know, let's let's put all these comics in a room and see who dies. That is not what we're after. Right. We're we're not aiming for that. Yeah. And um, and and that's and we don't need to be um that group for the rest of the country either. Right. Um. So we we need to um, I would. I would love to see comedians um, getting out there and performing and making sure that they are behaving properly. Um, and uh, yeah. And, and so if you um, are, <laughs> sorry, my friend Mark just know, keeps uh, throwing stuff in here and, and he, he made a joke that I've, I've made among other comics and it's like, yeah, you know, uh, did you could really say that my material killed, but, <laughs> You know, it was, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm never comfortable using that term with with com comedy anyway, but um, it it's still um, so important. I would like to see comedians being um, examples mm. of look. We come from all kinds of different backgrounds. We come from all different perspectives on life, but if we want to get back to work and performing. Um, I got a, a friend who is about to get on a cruise ship to do comedy yeah. and I'm like, wow, I don't, yeah. I mean, you're going to wear a mask the whole time. You're, you're vaccinated. You're going to get tested before you get on the ship. I, oh, my heart just breaks for um, what he's going to be up against. And part of it is um, it's like, you got to understand that most comedians make next to nothing mm -hmm. when it comes to money. Right. Um, uh, I, I certainly couldn't make a living doing comedy and voiceover work together. Um, you know, a, a, a few thousand bucks a year between those two endeavors for me, for some comics, it's, it's far less than that. You know, they get a couple hundred bucks here and there, that kind of thing. Um, but you know, even comics with albums and who are working and stuff, you know, they're, they're not out there making six figures and they're self-employed. So they got to take care of all their own, everything insurance and so on that, you know, kind of gets added into mm. people who have uh, day jobs like we do. Mm. Um, but um, they feel like they don't have a choice. Mm. They feel like if I'm going to continue to have a career, 
if I'm going to continue to be able to feed myself and live indoors, the, the two luxuries to which I've grown accustomed, I have to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to go to this show. I have to put on this show. I have to um, carry this through, uh, um, complete the booking that I made. Um, and, and likewise, club owners and club bookers are like, I have to start getting butts in the seats. Otherwise, we will not have a club mm-hmm. here in a short period of time. They're all feeling like they don't have a choice. And, uh, and I'm not for a minute going to say, oh, no, no, you have a choice. What I am saying is you can take more precautions than what we have been. And let's be examples to the rest of the world of if you're going to get back in a room, if you're going to get back on stage, here are some things that we know are helpful. So let's do them. Yeah. Let's do them uh, as aggressively as possible. Um, so, you know, you got a room full of people sitting there with masks on their faces. Oh no, how awful. They still laugh. Yeah. Um, it doesn't keep them from laughing. It doesn't keep them from breathing. Um, uh, and it, you as a comic, it, uh, there's a lot of your facial things. So when I got on stage uh, over the weekend, I wore my mask until I took the steps up to the stage. I took it off and put it in my pocket. I did my my time. And then I put it back on before I stepped down into the crowd. And I went back to, to, uh, to where I was sitting. Mm-hmm to make sure that uh, I, I was as absolutely protected as possible. Um, but even taking that mask off while I was performing, I knew that I was taking a risk. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, um, that's that's what I'm, I'm hoping that people will get out of the experience that I've been sharing. i um, been sharing this now for a few weeks, mm-hmm. both um, just as it was happening to me at the time and then since then kind of what's happened. Um, I, I, uh, I believe that uh, we don't have anybody else out of the, um, the group that was together there that is um, still sick, that is uh, still struggling uh, or in the hospital. Mm-hmm. I think it, everybody's kind of accounted for, but we lost three. Yeah. We lost three people out of 40. Um, or if you want to say we lost three out of the 20 who got sick, mm-hmm. or you want to say we lost three out of the five who were unvaccinated. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there, there's no stat there that is right. Yeah. Um, Mark, so, so Mark asked if uh, uh, the masking and vax sta- status was brought up during the um, uh, pre yeah, During the event. Yeah. Yeah. It was not. Okay. Um, prior, prior to the, that um, the idea of we, um, I was under the impression that we were all supposed to be vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Um, there was there wasn't a um, you know hey you have to show proof of vaccination. Nobody wants to do that. There's a lot of people who are against that showing proof. Mm-hmm. And in mid July, um, there was you know there was uh, no motivation for people wanting to do that. Um, I, I'm I'm a proponent of you know. It, when, when I was a kid, I had to show proof of vaccination to uh, go to school. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, and we had, you know, measles and mumps yeah. and, and, and that kind of stuff. Diphtheria, yeah. um, which is just a fun word to say. Um, I wish I could have gotten vaccinated against diarrhea, but they didn't have that. Yeah, um, yeah I got I got my uh, my COVID vaccination in March, a second shot at the end of March. And um, yeah, and then in uh in May, I, I got a uh, shingles vaccination uh, 
because I'd had chicken pox as a kid. Yeah. And so there's that virus lying dormant in my body and I don't want to get shingles. Yeah. So, you know, I, I took an, ex, an extra step there. Um, I got a flu shot in the, in the fall and it, I'm a horrible person, yeah. but for the most part, you know, <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing okay. Um, so uh, I, I'm, I'm a proponent of, you know, let's, let's all get vaccinated. Um, it, it's, uh, it's been required for my entire lifetime in a variety of different situations, uh, school, military service, certain jobs, things like that. Mm. Um, I, I absolutely in favor of that. Um, but in all honesty, if you're eligible, if you don't have an, you're not immunocompromised, if you're, your doctor has not said, hey, with your health situation, you should not get vaccinated. Until that happens, um, I, I've got no patience um, for people who are like, um, you know, th they think of it, they're going to get a chip, or I don't know what's in it, mm -hmm. or things like that. Yeah. It's just, there's, that's just a bunch of nonsense, mm -hmm. and uh, I, I won't uh, listen to it. Right. That's, that's, that's just, that's that's just stupid. Well, um, I think we're running into you having to do something here pretty quick. So I want to, <laughs> I want to, I want to make sure that we get a couple things in. First off, um, not only Absolutely. do you have the Clean Comedy Time show, but you are part of the Clean Comedy Time podcast. I believe you um, either did a chart thing or won an award or something for that. Can you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, the. Um, the Clean Comedy Time podcast. So first of all, you can find Clean Comedy Time at cleancomedytime.com. Um, you can find us on social media as well, but that, the easiest thing is go to the website and from there you can get lots of more information. Um, when we have shows booked, we will have them there on, on the shows page. Um, but the podcast has its own page on the website and um, we we, uh, we usually got a little intermittent over the summer, but um, we uh, we aim at uh, every two weeks on on, a, on uh, Mondays, mm -hmm. and it's uh, a, a real fun podcast. We usually talk to a comic who has been on one of our shows, or as we ran into COVID and had to cancel some shows, we started talking to comics who were scheduled for shows. <laughs> uh, but and um, and so uh, coming up. Uh, this this Monday we're going to be talking to one of the guys who was scheduled, but uh, but we had to to postpone his show. And um, as as we've done that, uh, we're about a year and a half into that show. Um, we uh, in January we hit um, uh, a milestone in the number of downloads uh, where we hit uh, ten thousand downloads. So we felt really proud about that. Yeah. And uh, then in the last uh, you know seven months. Uh, we've almost tripled that. Yeah. So, uh, so that's been exciting. And in the process then just with the, the rankings that come from um, Apple podcasts, uh, we're number one in Fiji uh, <laughs> in the category of stand up comedy. Excellent. Uh, and, and we have had that multiple times over the last several uh -huh. months. Uh, we're very excited about that. So everybody in Fiji, thank you for making <laughs> clean comedy time. Your number one stand up comedy uh -huh. podcast. And then um, in the United States, uh, we cracked the top 10 a few weeks wow. ago. And we were kind of flipping back and forth between number six and number eight and, uh -huh. you know, that kind of thing uh, right in there. And um, and the, and that the two different categories, one is stand-up comedy podcast, and then the other is uh, uh, stand-up comedy podcast episode. And then the episodes were, were tracking nicely as, uh, as well in that top 10 category. Mm. 
Um, and then uh, Canada has uh, um, been creeping up as well. And we, uh, we broke the, into the top 10 uh, there recently as well. Um, and so uh, we're, Aaron and I are both very excited about that. That's a lot of fun um, to, to know that people are listening and knowing people are getting out of it, uh, a lot of stuff out of it. The, the podcast runs with uh, first a conversation with a comic. We talk about the funny. Uh-huh. Um, and then uh, we take a little break and we come back. We talk about uh, things that are going really well. Uh-huh. And, and then we pause and, and then talk about things that are going not so well, things that people are struggling uh-huh. with. So we get pretty uh, real, pretty deep. And, and you know, and s- some people don't get as uh, in-depth into that, uh-huh. but, uh, but a lot of people do. Uh, so we, uh, when we talk to comedians, we talk about the good, the bad, and the fun. Uh-huh. And, and uh, you know, congratulations on that, because I know how hard it is to have an independent podcast that has just all you got to work with is your content and you don't have any any uh, fame or uh, anybody. uh, Jimmy Fallon's not talking about you or anything like that. I know how how hard it is to gain any traction at all. So, you know, congratulations on that. And, uh, you know, it's a it's a good podcast. I listened to it after I uh, interviewed Aaron way back in sometime last year. Um, (laughs) And uh, in the before time. (laughs) And uh, I just uh, I. I always like when an independent podcast does uh, does something well mm-hmm. because it, it's hard it's hard for us and uh, yeah. and yet what we do is really our passion. It's not just a sideline. So yeah. you know it's really it's really yeah. nice that you and, and we do it because it's fun. Yeah, we're having a good time doing it. It you know for those of us who enjoy talking to other people, you know, God, it's great talking to you. It's always great you know talking with our guests uh, over time. Um, when I was uh, uh, on, uh, a guest on the on your other show, uh-huh. which is not the podcast. Right. Um, very different. Uh, yeah, very different. <laughs> Dean Martin's in it. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. So um, make sure you go there as well. But um, the uh, uh, you know it was just so much fun talking with everybody. Yeah. Uh, and I've I've been fortunate enough to be a guest on a few other podcasts uh, over the last year and a half, just because that's all we have. Yeah. So let's well let's make a podcast. Yeah. And, um, and it's been terrific fun, right. terrific fun to talk to people, um, about almost anything. Right. Um, and then, and then you get reunited with, uh, the guy that you went to kindergarten with and we're in the YMCA Indian guides, <laughs> my old friend, Mark, yeah. who I'm just going to read his last comment here. He said, it's, it's certainly easier to not talk about it. So my respect to you for not taking the easy path. Yeah. Thank you, Mark. Thanks, That's Mark. very kind of you to say so. Yeah. I appreciate you being here. And I don't know if uh, Matt Harper is uh, uh, still listening or anything, but he has for sure heard me say for sure four or five times <laughs> while I've been on the show, sure. which I've been listening to his podcast. I'm going to go ahead and plug. That's called Another Episode. Oh, okay. I take a deep dive into the movies All right. that uh, shape their lives. Uh, really fun podcast. Uh, lots of cursing. Uh-huh. and um, <laughs> and But really, I've been on the guest on that, that a couple of times. Uh, and I hope that as Matt hears this, he understands that I have fixed the audio problems that made me uh, come across very soft and quiet in uh, my podcasting <laughs> with him. So he knows. Uh, yeah. You know, one of, so there you go. One of my, the, the thing I'm most, I have most pride about, about doing the podcast and the talk show is the connections that I've made between other people. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really nice to see you know, like a Showtime uh, David Scott comment on something that you did or something like that. It's just the, the connections uh, that, that are, 
are made that go way beyond uh, the the interaction we had on the show. And and people click and people don't click. And um, a lot of the folks that I've uh, introduced. Uh, by the way, um, are clicking. So that's really nice. Um, yeah. Um, so as far as seeing where we can find you on yeah. social media, your website and stuff like that, mm-hmm. why don't you uh, give that to us so you can get back to your life? <laughs> Absolutely. So I put it right here in my name. Right. So I'm Brian Atkinson. And uh, so there it is, Brian Atkinson. And then you can find me at Brian A. Comedian. Uh-huh. And you can find it at Brian A. Comedian on um, uh, Facebook, on Instagram, and Twitter. So it's it's easy. Uh, and I sometimes I post the same stuff on, on all of those. Sometimes I don't. I'll post little things here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think I am up to three Twitter followers mm-hmm. now. Um, not sure about that number. I, I haven't looked at it lately, but I, I think it's up like that. Um, my uh brian a comedian facebook page uh you know every once in a while somebody will like something that's always nice and then if you really really want to get into it with me uh you can also follow uh on facebook uh the page uh, i'm a horrible person uh. so that's that's got its own page <laughs> and that's a rather focused uh thing yeah but uh yeah then you can also find um brianacomedian.com my website where you can find um, where I'll be performing uh, links to lots of things like that. Uh, some, I talk a little bit about on there about uh, why clean comedy and, and what, what makes it clean and what inspired me to do that. Uh, some of the things I talked about today and some of the things I did not talk about today. So there's more content <laughs> available there. Plus um, there's a videos page. Um, I, I've got a fun, um, uh, playlist uh, on YouTube that you can go through that's got uh, some recent uh, comedy clips on there. Um, so yeah, uh, please uh, feel free to reach out. There's a contact me uh, uh, page there on the website or uh, hit me up on, on any of the socials. Uh-huh. Uh, happy, happy to talk to people. It's great to watch your videos on the site because um, <laughs> the Brian brain uh, bit hit better oh. way better on one of them than the other one and it's right yeah and it's because of the pause right yeah yeah it's it is yeah it, you know as a comedian you're always critiquing everything you see and thank uh, you i saw the one where it didn't hit as well first and yep. i saw the one where it hit really well and like it was like maybe a half second more pause but yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh yeah and i you know you can point uh, comedians we love to point at the audience yeah yeah <laughs> You know, we like to say, oh, well, that audience was like, no, yep. it's, it's never the audience. Nope. <laughs> it's, did you make yourself relatable to that yeah. audience? Did you bring them what they came to see? Yeah. Did you bring bring them the laughs? Yeah. Uh, did you provide that service? Um, uh, I had a, a comic uh, club owner, Booker, uh, say, it is not your job to get laughs. It is your job to bring them. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, if if people don't laugh, um, you know, there, there, there can be shared responsibility, but it's your job to bring them. Yeah. So, yeah. So bring them. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you, Scott. Uh, thank you so much for having me on the show. It's been entirely my pleasure. Yeah. Thanks a lot.